For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. could this happen? And do you agree having classified documents outside of where they should be is a serious issue? Yeah, look, the president takes this very seriously, as you heard him say multiple times in the last week. And, you know, I understand the question about how this happened. Yeah. And I think it's really important to understand that's exactly the type of thing a Justice Department investigation would be looking at. And so when you appropriately believe in the independence of a Justice Department to be able to conduct investigations free from undue influence and interference that this president has committed going all the way back to the campaign, you know, that is why we're deferring to the Justice Department to answer some of these questions. They're going to be tasked with finding all the facts, putting it all together, understanding exactly what happened, asking the questions. That's appropriate. That's why we're fully cooperating, to understand how this happened. And the president is giving them access to what they need to answer. Does the DOJ need to tell the president why the president has classified documents in his home? I don't understand that. Well, Joe, I understand the question, and I think that it's really just gets to the heart of the matter. The DOJ is the one who's tasked with finding out all the facts here, and the DOJ is going to ask questions, and the DOJ is going to seek information, and we're being fully cooperative with that process. We hope that that process moves forward thoroughly and efficiently so that we can get all the answers out there. And so we're just going to be respectful. I think it's more appropriate for questions about the underlying investigation to be addressed by the Justice Department. But again, we're going to offer up full cooperation and ensure that they have access to what they need. Okay, Ian, the, the, the question though I'm, I'm sort of stuck on here is I understand that there is an investigation, there's a limit to what you can say and all that. But there are obvious possibilities here as to how in the world this could have happened. Are there any that you can share with us? Well, again, I understand you're asking these questions, but we want to be very careful to respect the investigation of the DOJ. And and, and look, they're going to ask these questions. They're going to be the ones to answer these questions and to provide information on it. And we want to make sure that we respect that process as it plays out. The United States. This is America, Jack. We're Americans. This is the power of suggestion. The ultimate gala spectacle. You want to hear the truth? Yeah, I want to hear the truth. The truth is, it's cruel symptoms can strike anyone. That's all I'm going to say at this time. What creates an extraordinary life is an extraordinary mindset. Now that I got your attention, listen to this. Let's go! We're now in the approach phase. Everything looking good. Wayne Dupree program. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wayne Dupree show, the Wayne Dupree Dupree program, uh, the gala spectacle. My name is Hutch Bailey Jr. And good morning to everybody to my west and on the east coast. Good afternoon uh, from the city of Pittsburgh. Let's welcome from Minnesota, Jason Roberts. Hello, Jason. Hey, 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 top of the morning, everybody. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your day to tune in. Going to be a lot to talk about today. Pretty exciting. 
Wayne is parenting at this time, uh, taking his daughter back to college, uh, being a good dad. So we uh, will toe the line for him until he gets back. Uh, this kind of thing happens. As, as you see in the in the title of today's episode, I, I read a, an article, Jason, that uh, Franklin Graham was not going to endorse. The, I mean, now the title of the article, you have to you have to take these things in context. Everybody's against right. Trump except us. Right. right. So, so the article says Franklin Graham refuses to endorse Trump for primary run. And I'm thinking that's a little disturbing. So I'm reading the article. And what I didn't know was I think Trump is the first person that he's ever endorsed in a primary. Right. Is what I got out of the article. So it's really not that big of a deal. He didn't he didn't say he wasn't going to endorse him. But there is a there is a storyline uh, out there concerning other evangelicals and their lack of support for the president. And I would just say, hold your horses, folks. I mean, that, that, that's what I would say. Well, yeah, it, there's actually two beautiful things you brought up. I mean, the first is the election's still way far away. And I mean, some folks like us, we've come out, we support President Trump. We hope he runs and we're going to be there through thick and thin. A lot of folks want to, a lot of folks want President Trump to earn their support back. And I think that's a, a valid concern. But you, you touched on another interesting topic, which is the whole uh, fake news headlines media. And, you know, we always love to talk about, or I love to talk about it on our show, how we're being manipulated by the mass media. It is amazing how many people will read a headline, have an emotional reaction, share it on social media, reply to it, and never read the article. And it, it's like, it's crazy. I was, I was having a chat online with people about the football player that had the heart attack and, or uh, stroke or whatnot. And somebody was fact checking me and they sent me a headline that said, no, he didn't. This wasn't from the vaccine. It was from something else. Then you read the article and the article offers no supporting documentation to say what caused it. They've never announced it. They've never said, but this person that just read the headline just got sucked in and said, oh, yeah, that's it wasn't a vaccine. It was great. So we around here, we, we, we paid special attention to the details of that case because that young man went to my high school. Oh, really? And, and uh, he went to Central Catholic High School here. I went there for one semester. But my co-host on the radio went there for four years. Uh, and, and this guy, he had two cardiac arrests that day. He died right. twice. You yeah, and, I mean? and he had, they haven't come out and said what caused it or what the issue was. They, they probably won't. No. And then did you see that bizarre video of him at the uh, – at the game this last weekend? I didn't see that, but my partner told me about it. And he said it didn't, it looked like they were, it might not even have been him. Yeah. So I shared it on my Twitter timeline. Somebody else had posted it. So he pulls up to like getting into the upstairs suites and he's in a golf cart where the sides are covered and he's got a hood pulled up and a mask. Like this a government, mask. man. This government's something else. Oh, my God. And then he goes up into a suite and somebody filmed him in the suite. And it was him and this little boy. And I don't, it might have been his kid or nephew or something I didn't didn't see. And then up in the suite all by himself, he still got his hood pulled up and his mask. And it's like, I, I mean, if they want to dispel conspiracy theories, then, you know, his, he could come out in his family and he, there's HIPAA and we don't want to violate his privacy. But just say, hey, guys. Here, here's what my doctor said happened. Or, you know, like, let's have a picture of him, like, at the game. Why is he, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you, you know? look at where all the things that are going on right now. This is, 
I hate to say it, but these are trappings of a dying regime, man. What's going right. on in the United States right now, when you think back just 10 years ago, the things that are happening that would be unthinkable right. uh, 10 years ago are happening. And I think a lot of it, you spoke about uh, the media manipulation. It's something that you have to do, ladies and gentlemen, when you say something like that or you try to understand something like that is don't think the news. The news isn't the media. The right. news is a small part of the media. The media is everything you read, everything you watch, every song you listen to. It's everywhere. Yep. This stuff is everywhere. And I don't know if you got a chance to check that documentary I sent you or not. but I'm I did. That you, was great. The CIA and the CAA are on every single inch of everything that we see. Every movie, every star, even the stars you think are good are under contracts with these people, man. It, it, it's a... Uh, yeah, it was crazy. I hadn't seen that to explain to the listeners. Hutch sent, I'm kind of into the media manipulation. That's one of the things I love to study. So he sent me this video, and it talks about CAA, which is one of the largest talent agencies in Hollywood, and how that was started essentially by the CIA or FBI. And they've controlled all the major players and studios in Hollywood. And they bragged about it in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're getting in on that. And, and it started out like to share like anti-Russian propaganda or something. And, and then it just kind of went from there. So, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you can look at uh, the mocking Project Mockingbird yep. uh, was one of them. And, and now you've got, uh, you know, newer, newer things going on now. You, I mean, like, let's, let's just take a quick uh, watch this. Why do you believe what you believe? Because at some point in your life, you trusted the information that somebody was giving you. And that someone you trusted told you that a car was a car, a tree was a tree, a bird was a bird, the blue stuff above you is the sky. And that's the way that we began to determine what we believe to be a fact. Most of the things that we believe to be a fact in our lives are told to us through our stories or the news that we hear. So my question would be, if they were deceiving you with the stories they tell you, would you be able to recognize that? And that's why we're here, ladies and gentlemen, so you can recognize that because it's everywhere. And, and the only thing I'll say there's a downside to this. Once you see the marionette strings, you can never unsee them again. Oh my gosh. It's funny, my wife, uh, we've known each other 20 years. We've been together 10. So it was a, a second marriage for us. And and uh, well, actually third, uh, keep trying. <laughs> keep trying out there, folks, keep trying. But when we first got together and we were talking about uh, like how the media manipulates things, she's like, oh, you're a little crazy and you're, uh, and your you know conspiracy theories but then you see it in real time like the the one that really got her was the president uh the president trump bleach and we watched the freaking we watched his press conference where he was talking about different things they could do to to help keep COVID in line and then literally that night we were watching the news and they're like they said president trump drank bleach she hopped out of the couch and she was all mad she's like that is not what he said he never said anything about bleach and it's like since there she's been she's been red pilled or black pilled whatever color pill it is where you just see stuff and you're like oh this can't be this can't be real and uh 
turns out a lot of it's not. Yeah, and, and I mean, you have to you have to check that. And, and I'll tell you, back to something you said before, uh, when you're in this business, especially if you're producing something, right? You you have no choice but to go past the headlines. Right. I don't. I can't tell you how many hundreds of headlines I have to go over because there's too many of them to consume them all. Right. You know, and so you see different things. Uh, for instance, uh, we have the. Uh, I'm trying to get this right here. Hold on. Uh, Wayne we usually have, does the tech stuff, so we're we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I heard something. I looked at a at a headline and I saw something, and it looks like. Ronna McDaniel yesterday, I'm not going to say she pulled the trigger on it because the debates aren't here yet, but the Republican Party has been BSing for 20 years that they're going to take their candidates out of the debate program uh, that started or that's uh, uh, supported by the uh, CPD, trying to find the Commission on Presidential Debates. So they've been, they've been lying about that for 20 years, saying they're going to pull us out, and they never do. And right. They get beat up every single time. Yep. Uh, and Fox News is the worst. I mean, they, they were horrible. At, at the very least, at least it ruined Megyn Kelly's career. That that was a good thing. Even though <laughs> I liked her. I liked her. She looked good, too. But uh, you can't she have She got her. flattened. She did. She got she got wiped out. So she said that if, you, if you're looking to have a debate and you're a Republican, don't waste your time. Right. We're not we're not doing anything with debates uh, with the with the Commission on Presidential Debates. They're corrupt. And until they change something, we're not going back. Well, that's a desperation move because Harmeet's closing in on her. Right. You know, that's what that is. Or they would have done it 20 years ago when they should have done it. Uh, well, And I think as a party, you know, we like to not be like we want to hold everybody to the same standards. Like you can't have Republic, the RNC leadership, if they're not going to debate, they should just be taken off the ballot, in my opinion. You shouldn't be able to run if you're not going to get on stage and defend your ideas. You know, I was looking at this, and I found out something that I did not know. In 1968, Richard Nixon was so far ahead of McGovern that he refused to debate. Really? I did not know that until last night. That's crazy. I know. I thought that was a brand new thing. I had no idea. Well, I saw that Tucker intro the other day where he talked about the deep state and Nixon. I didn't realize, so So for people to put it in perspective, President Nixon was elected and he won the presidency by the largest margin in the history of the United States. Every state except Jason's voted for him. Yeah, exactly. Minnesota, baby. We, uh, we always are on the wrong side. But if you think about that from the timeline from when he won re-election, they get rid of Spirit Agnew over some tax thing. And then they get rid of the most popular president in the history of America. And now history remembers him. I mean, I'm a young guy. I wasn't alive when in the Nixon thing. Uh, but history remembers him as like reviled and hated and whatnot. Nobody knew he was one of the I, literally when I saw that, I'm like, no way. Tucker's got to be full of it. So I spent millions, some time looking it millions up. more votes in a popular vote than, than the next guy, the next closest guy. Yeah, it's it was crazy. It was really eye opening. So Chicago, yeah. Chicago melted down. Oh, Chicago, really? The Democrats in Chicago, it, they called it a riot by police. Really? The, yeah. They. Oh man, you got to see films of that. You've never seen that? No, I haven't. I'll oh have to my God, Richard Daly, that. Mayor Richard Daly was having none of it. Really? I mean, you, there's there's video of Dan Rather inside the DNC convention getting punched in his stomach. 
Oh my God! And, and, and it was a violent time. It was about Vietnam, right? You know, it was a it was, among other things. The communists were the people that the older people in Washington D.C. right now were out there in the streets with them. Mm-hmm. That's the Hillary Clinton cloud, the crowd, right? You know, the anti-war people. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny if you think back in the '60s, the Democrats were the anti-war party, and now they've got all got their Ukraine flags on. And we keep sending trillions of dollars or billions of dollars over to Ukraine. Meanwhile, we can't pay our bills here and we're hitting the debt ceiling. It's crazy. That's an excellent segue because I wanted to talk about that because not enough places do. Right. Uh, we're, we're sitting here worried about bull, about BS documents that don't mean anything. Uh, that that the, gov- the, the, the documents are a coup. Right. That's what it is. They were a coup with Trump and they're a coup with Biden. They were a coup with Spiro Agnew. They were a coup with Richard Nixon. This is the before we get too happy about this Biden thing. Let's not forget that these are federal employees that are not elected that are deciding who the president is. Right. That's what's going on, regardless of which party it is. You know, this is this is ridiculous. This has to be weeded out. We have to figure this out. And I don't know if we still have the capability of figuring it out. I just don't. I'm, I'm not sure. But we have to try. Uh, well, right and now, it. And it's interesting because the deep state, we always talk about the deep state and what that is. And if you look, you know, it's almost like if you have a football team and it's a crappy team and they don't get along and they're not good and they have no discipline or whatever, and you replace the head coach, it takes that coach years. You got to get rid of the trainers, the assistant staff, some of the administrative staff. And imagine that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And imagine that on the scale of the federal government. You know, and the left was smart. Like back in the 60s, 70s, they started putting people in these cultural institutions at the ground level, it, whether it's education or entertainment or in the yep. the media complex. And, and those law people, enforcement. Right. Law enforcement. Finance. People, right. And now those are the people that are in charge. And I mean, it's kind of interesting. We went from the, the neocon war party in charge to the Wokies and the and the communists, but... Um, but the neocons aren't giving up. I mean, Ukraine is losing. Right. And the Republicans are still telling you to go to hell. Right. You know, we're taking your money and we're sending it to them. You know, well, it's amazing the way it's turned around. It really is. And, and, you know, it's something that deserves our attention. It really does. I mean, and, and this to, to the people out there that have served in the United States military, especially the ground forces of the United States and overseas... You understand that when you're overseas at an outpost, for instance, I was in the in uh, the Republic of Korea in the 2nd Infantry Division, furthest forward deployed unit in the United States Army in that year, right? You're sitting over there. You have a finite number of weapon systems, and you yep. have a finite number or amount of ammunition. If it's not there, you ain't getting it. You know right. what I mean? I mean, you, you might get it, but it's not coming to the same day or anything like that. And what these people are doing, this Pentagon for Ukraine, I, I swear, I'm starting to think that the Chinese communists have penetrated the Pentagon too. Because we're raiding our stockpiles in Israel and Korea right. to supply Ukraine. And I mean, I'm here to tell you, when I was overseas, we were short anyway sometimes. You know, a, a tank company only has so many tanks. Right. And there's only so many tank companies that are there. Yep. So you start taking away tanks from a tank company. You don't have a tank company anymore. The tactics don't work. The bounding overwatch doesn't Nothing works. Right. This is, this is treasonous. This stuff that's going on, and I'm telling you something that makes me madder than anything else 
Where's all the two-star generals? Right. Where's the one-star generals and the full bird colonels? Where are you at? You know, you know this is wrong. You know where this is going to go. And if you don't, go find your warrant officer. He knows. And he can right. tell you. And, I mean, they're already announcing in, in multiple divisions of the military that they don't have enough ammunition or they don't have enough supplies because it's all going to Ukraine. And whatever your opinion of the Ukraine conflict is, we can't strip our military to go fund Ukraine. Like, let's get Europe in there. Let's. And now they're talking about sending freaking tanks. Are you kidding me? It's we're we're not going to have our own stuff to defend in Ukraine. Meanwhile, if you figure all the money, we don't have enough money around here to do all the things we want to do. And at some point, when's Russia going to say, you know what, America, if you quit sending them bullets and tanks, this thing would be over. And at what point do they become an aggressor against us? And if that's what people want, like, let's take it to Congress. Let's vote on declaring war against Russia and then let's go to war. Like if that's what we're going to do, instead of getting backpedaled into war through all this, this nonsense, the way that the administration is currently approaching it, it's ridiculous. Um, I don't know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for some reason we are not, uh, live streaming on getter. I don't know what's wrong with that. Uh, I, I no. can't get that deep. I can't get that deep under the hood. Uh, to handle that so we'll just have to suck that up and come on over to one of the other streams on rumble or one of the uh several facebook pages or twitter feeds or wherever you want to go uh but i guess you're not hearing this if you're trying to find us on getter but whatever uh, so yeah with with the tanks i had one of those queued up and i don't know what happened to it but apparently uh we're going to start sending m1 abrams tanks over yeah. there and, and i'm going to tell you this is this needs to be you know look gop House GOP, the 20. Yep. Somebody needs to get on the floor and start talking about this. You can't just let this happen behind the scenes and expect me to trust you anymore. Right. You, you got to come out and say so. You got to block this. This is madness. I'm telling you, you, you listen and, 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 and look behind me. I'm a 35-year Army veteran. I'm not a Vladimir Putin fan. I, I was in the Cold War yep. for ten, the last 10 years of it. All right. I, I stood up against Cold War adversaries. And I'm going to tell you something. You better start listening to Vladimir Putin. Because Vladimir Putin's not Joe Biden. Vladimir Putin says what he means and means right. what he says. He's a real man, unlike Biden. Yep. And I'm going to tell you what. He's rattling that saber. He's rattling that saber, and you people have no idea what that means. And I'm not talking down to anybody because there's many people out there that know much more than I do. But, but I'm telling you, for the people that think that this is a, a, a freaking video game, it's not. Well, and what's terrible about it, too, is everybody has their own opinions about the United States role in world conflict. And I'm no expert on geopolitical stuff. You know, you're much more worldly than that of me. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's our role in the world to go over to other countries and tell them to live how to live their life unless there's atrocities. And countries fight all the time country i mean there's multiple wars going on in the world some over democracy and not and it's not our place you know if, if are we going to go to communist china because they're communist and are we going to liberate those people well no like that would be crazy and and ukraine the russians and vladimir putin feel that part of ukraine should have been their territory 
they should have a warm water port, which is why they're attacking what they're attacking. And uh, I mean, that's just that's just the reality of it. And however much America wants to stick our nose into into other countries' conflicts is great. And everybody wants to use like the Hitler analogy, where like, oh, if we don't stop now, we're never gonna we're never gonna stop them. And it's like stop them from what? Right. You know, that's the thing to me. What what have they done to you, Republican morons? Right. To make you stand up for the, these things. This was, Did you know, ladies and gentlemen, that we have servicemen and we just bombed the hell out of Somalia? We have soldiers in Somalia, 500 of them. Right. Do- Donald Trump pulled them out and Biden immediately put them back. And now they did an airstrike yesterday. They're, they're fighting wars in your name without you even knowing about it. And I don't even know if they know about it. Right. You know, well, this it's got to be it's got to be stopped. Well, and all over the world, it's just bizarre because the media get, gets behind a narrative and then the narrative. And I mean, like this Ukraine thing is the biggest clown show ever. Literally, the United States went in and overthrew the government when Zelensky got uh, got put in. Like they, they launched installed prop- him. Yeah. Yeah. They, installed, installed. they launched a propaganda campaign. And what's funny is even years before that, he was an actor who who's the role he played is a nobody who became president of Ukraine. Like that was his TV show. That was cheers. That was all in the family for the Ukraine for a few years. And then all of a sudden we overthrow the government. We overthrow the government. I mean, we did it peacefully. We did it through media manipulation and we get them elected. And, And meanwhile, like, and that is the most corrupt country in the world. Everybody's funneling money through there. And everything ties back to it. Name one financial scandal that hasn't tied back to Ukraine. FTX goes through Ukraine. All the Biden stuff goes through Ukraine. Chinese stuff goes through Ukraine. It's like, it's just the money laundering capital of the world. It is. And, and, you know, it's not going to, we need to stop. I mean, look at our military. Right. I mean, we lost last, every war since World War II, we lost. We're stalemated. You know, look at what we did in Iraq. I mean, we gave everything back. People don't understand the scope of that. When we went into Iraq, Iraq had military facilities, and we took over their air bases. Yep. And we virtually rebuilt their air bases. I mean, from the ground up, rebuilt them with electric, with plumbing, you right? Know, with with paving, with concrete. I mean, and we just left. They didn't even occupy them. They came and looted them. Right. You know, they took the pipes to, and the air conditioners, and we, we just let it. We just walked right out the door and left. Right. No, no, no transition plan. No, nothing. Obama just said, "Come on, let's go. We're out." What? One of the saddest days of my life. Same thing in Afghanistan. We go worse in we, Afghanistan. Worse in Afghanistan. We jump in Afghanistan. We get involved in this conflict, and then this is a country. That is, I mean, imagine devout Christians only they're Islamic. I mean, they are hardcore. They are like hardcore Islamics. Women wear burqas, the whole thing. And we go over there and think we can start flying pride flags and stuff. Like, are you kidding me? And then when we leave, we leave them all the infrastructure. We leave them buildings. We leave them airfields. We leave them tanks and guns and and everything. And we just literally 
turned over. And in, I think I read when it, when Afghanistan happened, which how horrible was that exit? They became like the fourth most powerful military in the world just mm-hmm. from the stuff we left them. Like, think about that. The last people in the world you would want to to be that. in, And uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. Absolutely. I mean, and when we didn't, we went on the other side of that too, you know, on, on the, during the Republican administration, we, we capitulated right. to, the Mus- to the Muslims, made our women wear burqas and things like that. It's absolutely disgusting. And as President Trump said, we didn't even take the oil. We got nothing for it. Right. We did all that on the taxpayer's dime, and that's why we're $31 trillion in debt. Well, and you know, here's the here's the interesting thing. If you ever go in and say, gosh, I wonder why that's happening, like, always follow the money. Always. Why do they want us to go to war? The military-industrial complex makes money off weapons and war, and then it, it circles in and it trickles back into the politics, and, and it's crazy. It was... Uh, and it's unacceptable. You know, there, there comes right. a time when that... Because that's been true since World War II. Mm-hmm. Right. That's nothing new. Right. But we know, but we know about it now. And do you really want to sacrifice your kids? You know, right. I mean, this, this is something that this isn't Afghanistan. This isn't even Korea. Right. This is this is freaking Russia. Well, and to uh, it's interesting to give people a little hope. So I was always a Matt Gates fan. I like Matt Gates. I always thought he was a pretty cool guy, and I like what he stood for. My respect went up a thousand times over this whole house battle. And so I started digging more closely into Matt Gates and kind of what he stands for and what he is. And Matt Gates has a great podcast, Firebrand Podcast. It's on YouTube. I shared it on my Twitter feed today. And I'm like, I want to just listen to some of these things he's talking about. Guys, he is in the U.S. House of Representatives. I would argue he's one of the most powerful members right now. And he was talking about the deep state, the military industrial complex. He was talking about what's really going on in Ukraine. So if you're out there going like, God, I wonder if any of our elected political leaders will like understand what's going on and see what we see. Go listen to his podcast. It was 25 minutes. And you're going to walk away going, God dang, at least there's one dude up there who's really fighting for us. And uh, yeah, it was spectacular. We need something like that. And, and you know, it, it, it it's contagious. Right. Uh, when that kind of thing happens. I, I saw something. I don't really want to believe it yet because a guy's a traitor, as traitorous as they get, John Cornyn from Texas. Right. Uh, has come out and said that he will not accept dealing with moderate Republicans, which is what he is, uh, and Democrats making a deal without cutting any spending on the debt limit. Right. And that's a good thing if he's telling the truth, but it's probably smoke. It's probably smoke to cover Mitch's butt. Right. Mitch goes over to Chuck Schumer's house and they have hot dogs, you know, because there's going to be a deal. You're going to see the uniparty is going to expose itself in 2023. Right. And a lot of people that get mad at me are going to scratch their head and go, damn, he was right. Yep. You know, because that's coming. You're going to see it loud and clear in the next few months up until they say that the Fed can put off the debt ceiling consequences until June. Mm-hmm. With their fake accounting, their little smokescreen accounting that they do, uh, right? So, so no later than June. I think it'll be before that. Uh, well, and here's a great test for the for the Republicans in the House. There are some low hanging fruit that you can get agreement on. Let's say all military members are reinstated with back pay over the COVID back, over the COVID mandate. Boom. 
Let's and let's get everybody up to vote on it. Let's declare MTG's introducing legislation to declare Antifa as a terrorist organization. I mean, the Democrats won't even admit Antifa exists. Let's get, you know, let's look at the January 6th prisoners. Let's get those guys out of jail. Like, it's been too long. It's been two years. They're political prisoners. And there's not enough people talking about That should be the key to the debt ceiling. Right. That's what I mean. These are the leverage points that you can have in addition to spending to actually move the ball forward. That's why, like, when we talk about George Santos, it pisses me off because George Santos was a uniparty plant. I, I think Kevin McCarthy got him elected so that we would be bitching about George Santos instead of the January 6th prisoners. And it's like, it's just a distraction technique from the Uniparty. And they do it all the time. Republicans and Democrats work together to try to take the real patriots off the ball. And like Hutch said, as you get into primary season upcoming, they uh, like things are going to get real. And you're going to start seeing you know, who the people you need to support, who you aren't. I mean, this whole, you have to go vote in the House. They're going to put a bill up. It's going to be a single issue bill. You got to go, got to go plant your vote. So, and actually, I just wanted to reply too to uh, Terry. Terry Bowman, one of our favorite listeners. My opinion on the United States role in government, he was talking about, oh, you convinced me we shouldn't honor treaties. There's a difference between honoring treaties and those sorts of things and being the world's police force. And I think we shouldn't engage in a military conflict unless we intend on winning it, in which case let's get involved, let's get it over at the at the least cost of American lives. And if we really want to if we really want to push Russia out of Ukraine and that's a decision we want to make, let's declare war, push them out of Ukraine, and then end it. We theoretically we could make that happen faster. But all this ticky tack just kind of getting hold in. On, hold on, I, I gotta say we can't just do that. Why not? And, the re- and the, because of nuclear weapons is why. Correct. We can't do it, man. It's it's not doable. But I mean, that's why the point is, as we get involved in these forever wars that never begin. Oh, I agree. I agree with you on that. I, I think I would take it a step forward and get rid of the police powers. Right. Uh, and, and all that, all that Tonkin Gulf Resolution BS. You either declare war or you don't. <coughs> right. You know, it, it's like it's like gender reassignment and all that. Isn't it funny how there's only two choices for gender reassignment? Right. You know, but they want to have all these other letters in there that are phony. Right. You know, no more phony wars. You know, we either we either go all in or we don't go anywhere. <laughs> and we've learned that over the last 40, 50 years. But we have um, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Point. And somebody just threw it in the chat and Wayne just texted me. I don't have the details yet. I'll have to look it up quick, but it sounds like top secret documents were found in Mike Pence's house. No, <laughs> no, that that's, that's freaking good. Oh my God. That's, now they're, they're, that's, that's some silliness, right? That That's somebody that thinks that Mike Pence is relevant, right? Who thinks Mike Pence is, that's funny. Oh my that, God. That's awesome. Though. He deserves it. He what? deserves it. That guy. I'll tell you, Ooh, that would be good. I got to say, too, and just on the documents, I am enjoying the left tap dancing on the documents. Right. Because when it first came out, like Donald Trump, like, go back and watch those videos. He was a traitor. He was selling them to Xi Jinping. He was blah, 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 blah. And I mean, it was 12 documents. And then all of a sudden, when it was Biden, it was like, well, Joe's honest and Donald Trump's a terrible guy. 
And and then it just kept changing and changing. And now they found documents in like every corner of Joe Biden's house. They found him in his bathroom. But but the, well, the ones probably, that really This is probably real. It's on Sky News, man. Oh really? <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, here was the funniest one I saw though on the Biden document thing that came out. It was they found documents in Joe Biden's house from when he was a senator. And as a senator, it sounds like, and I've never been a senator, if you go get top secret documents, it, it's, I can't remember what the heck the area it's was called. It's called a skiff. The skiff. And then when you leave the skiff, you hand them back. They, like, don't let you leave with it. That's right. That's true. Right. And, I mean, and Ted Cruz even said, he said, I've been here 10 years, and I never read anything that was classified unless I was down in the basement. Right. Where there is a skiff down there. Yeah, so you literally go down in the basement, in the skiff, they hand you the document, you read it, you hand it back to them, and you leave. And guess who runs the skiff? The intelligence community. Correct. <laughs> oh, that is crazy. They found this stuff in his house, man. I mean... <laughs> Come on. You can't make that up. Boy. That, somebody got him. We got right. Somebody, we got somebody on the inside. <laughs> Did they say who found him? No, I, I mean, yeah, his lawyer. His lawyer mm. said... Greg Jacob. Uh, but, you know, another thing to be leery here is this is set up. Oh, right. Is this to get Pence to come in and, and could be tell some kind of lies, do some Joe Valachi action? Oh, yeah. Well, and I got to say, too, um, you know, for the President Trump supporters, if they take out Joe for the documents and that's what gets him, I mean, they might just look at Joe Biden now as collateral damage. And say we can't take out Trump without taking out Biden. So oh, I agree. Take out Biden. I so. agree. That, that might be what this is, right? Uh, you know, and again, again, this is a freaking coup, right? You know, why are they all the things, all of the treasonous, traitorous things that the Biden family has done? Why do we give a damn about documents? What about the the border? What about everybody that's died because of this jab? What right. about all the people that have died, had been murdered by fentanyl, that Joe Biden and 18 Republican senators that signed the omnibus bill uh, let happen? Right. That's on them. Tom Cotton, that's on you the rest of your life. I don't ever want to hear anything from you again. Right. I mean, we can't let these people off the hook time and time and time again and then expect different results. Well, and I think what we're going to find with the document thing is that probably one of one of the dirtiest kept secrets will end up being that there was very poor at the government level, the elected politicians, there was very poor. It, they were very reckless with documents in general. I, I equated it to a friend of mine that um, that it's almost like going, you know, 60 and a 55. I think it was kind of one of those. There's a rule, but it didn't apply to politicians and everybody broke it, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, it's something. I, I'll tell you, back to something I said at the beginning of the show about the DOD in China. Um, the Department of Defense awarded $3 million to EcoHealth Alliance despite their work with the Wuhan lab. Think of that. I mean, what is wrong with these people, man? Are, are they infiltrated? Is it too late? I mean, almost everything that you see benefits our enemies when it comes right. to the Department of Defense. And Mark Milley is still in uniform and still a free man. Right. How does that happen? How did how did everything change? When I left the United States Army, that would have put you in prison. You'd have been lucky to get out with your life. 
Right. For doing well, think something about like that. How hard we work to root out communists in the military and the McCarthy trials. I mean, that was before my life, so I'm just reading about it. And like the US government did everything they could to keep the military pure and to keep keep communists and, and all that out of the government. And now Joe Biden's documents, his first set were discovered. I, here's what I want investigated. How the heck did the Chinese Communist Party give $55 million to fund the building that those documents were in? Like, how's that not front page news? Like, how did somebody not go, wait a second, the Chinese Communist Party gave $55 million to the University of Pennsylvania for this building? And that doesn't strike anybody as the least bit weird? And installments of tens of millions of dollars a year for Biden. once right. he Once he announced for president. Yep. You know, I mean, the whole thing. And... It's a big merry-go-round because we're funding it. Every time right. you go to Walmart, man, that's that's funding the Chinese Communist Party. Every time you make a purchase at Walmart, right. I'm just saying. I mean, it's a, I go to Walmart too sometimes, but you know, it, it's it's horrible. You know, we don't we don't make anything here anymore. Right. You know, all we do. I, I'll tell you, I saw a a listing of uh, from LinkedIn of the top ten jobs, the top ten most sought after. Uh, jobs in the United States uh, right now, and, and it stunned me. It, it was it was literally uh, it, it's a reflection of the United States of the new United States. Listen to these ten most in demand jobs in the United States according to LinkedIn. Okay. The, num- the number one job: head of revenue operations. Number two: human resources analytics manager. <laughs> number three: diversity and inclusion managers. Number four, the only real job on the list, truck driver. Number five, employee experience manager. Number six, sales enablement specialist. Number seven, advanced practice provider. Number eight, growth marketing manager. Nine, data governance manager. And 10, grants management specialist. Nine out of, no, eight out of 10 positions designed to steal your money. Right. And one designed to screw up the race-based program. And one truck driver. That's the United States. That was never like that until now. Well, and I got to say, if you take all 10 of those jobs and eliminate them from those companies, <laughs> literally just go in and wipe them out. Like not one of those jobs produces something, right. not one of those jobs. And and that's where we've got to such a, a feeling of excess in this company that that's half the reason the kids are all weird. Like they don't have to work for things. Things are easy. That's right. And, and they can, you know, there was a time, like I, I tell the story how I grew up poor. Like I needed to mow lawns to make money. And that was my contribution to the family. You know, like you do stuff like that. And I got to keep mine. I was lucky, but I did. The you same got to thing. keep your money. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, they wouldn't take money from, not if we made it. They, they encouraged us to go make it. Right. You know, and but, I guess my folks didn't make me give it to them, but I always just kind of figured that's kind of what you did. You know what I mean? Dad, help me get better, the lawnmower. Better man I, than me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of it. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I probably should have come to think of it now. But uh, anyway, you know, that you look at those jobs, and, and eight out of ten of them are infrastructure to sell China stuff. Right. That's what they are. Those are all the positions it takes to sell somebody else's stuff. Right. You know, it's horrible. It, it really, especially coming from Pittsburgh. I well, mean, and I used to see it. I used to see blue collar freaking Nirvana. I mean, you couldn't breathe, but right. you had to wash your car every day. But I mean, things were happening, man. People were, were getting places and 
You didn't have to have a college degree to have two houses and a cabin. Right. Well, and it's interesting, too, because there's such an opportunity in America. My stepson, super proud of him. He's a great kid. He was kind of the dumb kid in school that didn't pay attention and whatnot. He's out his own now at 20 years old. He took a welding job after a year or so out of school trying to figure out what he was going to do. And the kid's making like 25, 30 bucks an hour. They sent him to training. He's working third shift. That kid is working his ass off. And he looks in his peer group who what they're learning, what they're studying. And he's like, how is any of that going to help anything in the world? And, you know, he's they're just not learning anything to contribute to society. Meanwhile, on purpose. on purpose, yeah. Meanwhile, he's learned how to weld. He's learned how to tell him, to protect, tell him, tell him to protect his lungs. Yeah. Oh, the, actually, that's kind of cool. They in a lot of the things they put him in like this, the bubble where it's the bubble with the hose and tell him to and, use it. There's generations of people behind him. Why they made that bubble. Well, it's funny when he first started doing that, he he's a big kid. Nothing really fit him that good. And uh, so he had like a hand injury because his gloves didn't fit good. And he was kind of doing like the old timers, not using the safety stuff. And then uh, and we said, just go talk to the old guys, find out what problems they have. And it's like, yeah, sure. Half, enough, of, them on, half of them are on oxygen. Yeah. Bob, who didn't wear his helmet, like he has trouble breathing and emphysema. He's like, OK, yeah, maybe that's not such a bad idea. So I worked with a lot of guys like that, that uh, their, their fathers, you know, were welders before them. And they told me all the stories. And I got to get on my son, too. He's a professional firefighter. Oh. I got to tell him you got to wear that S because he's a hero, man. He's not going to wear it. Right. He's, he's charging. Right. He don't even need a hose. He's going right in. <laughs> yeah, that's the way he is. But uh, I, I got to tell him, look, man, you got to think of your kids. Boy, you, you, this stuff you're breathing, that stuff coming off those curtains and those carpets. That's oh, right. bad stuff, man. That's what kills people in house fires, not the fire. Oh, yeah. The smoke. How long has he been in the fire department? Ten years, I think. Nine. Nice. Something like that. Maybe that's got to be a great job. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's good. He's got a lot of good friends. It's a lot of work. I mean, living in a city, the the firehouses are junk, you know. But right. He gets paid well. Well, um, and that's what's funny is those people that keep the, you know, you see it where our priorities are as a nation, and folks like your son who are doing God's work, keeping people safe and that kind of thing, you know, who works his ass off in a crappy facility. Meanwhile, you got these Google folks like yeah. having lunch catered in With every tiki, day, you know, the tiki bars and whatnot. Right, and then when they get fired, they cry in the corner. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's it's amazing. You, you know, something that I I, I don't understand uh, how we let happen. Um, you, you look at uh, George Soros and the open stories, like every week, right. about him funding spent forty million dollars getting district attorneys elected across the United States, and you look at our at our cities. And it's like, if there was ever a reason for Congress, it's this guy, man. Why do we allow this moron to destroy our cities? I, I saw something the other day, and then I read a follow-up article today about San Francisco. But yesterday, I was looking at some video from Kensington in Philadelphia. And it showed all the, they had a wave of animal tranquilizers get into the drug supply of the drug dealers or whatever that means. Mm -hmm. And you've got all these people bent over at the waist just like walking around all zombied out in the middle of the day in this raggedy neighborhood in in philadelphia and i noticed that it's like why are all these people white right and then i saw this thing about california and it's a girl that went out to a nightclub in california for the first time 
in a long time in San Francisco. And she said that there was tents all around this bar and where she parked, she parked two blocks away and she's walking past all these homeless and she's like, these aren't immigrants. Right. These aren't families huddled together in tents. These are white guys, 20 to 30. Right. That's who the homeless are. And I didn't know that. I, until I saw that video, I figured it was a, you know, it was all across the board. These are junkies. That's all, they're not people down on their luck. These are junkies. They're homeless because they're junkies. And it's they're really there because things. that's where the junk is. It's either drugs or just real mental problems. I mean, I remember a few years ago I was in uh, San Francisco. My, my son was playing in the Pokemon World Championship, so we went there. And we walked through the Tenderloin inadvertently one time. I literally couldn't believe that we were in America. Like that's what she my, said. That was the neighborhood she, one of the neighborhoods she was in. Oh my god, I'd never been there. And if you've ever been to a third world country, like when I was young, I went to Mexico and went like off the beaten path to see like the poverty and the degradation of the of the communities. That's a tenderloin. I mean, it's people like crapping on the streets, sleeping on it on the thing, and we do that to our own citizens instead of embracing them, help them find God, get cleaned up. And, and, uh, instead of helping them get better, they just give money and they're giving them crack and needles pipes. and crack pipes and, and places to shoot up. Right. I mean, and, and destroying hotels in New York city. Right. Uh, I, I mean, this is uh and it's all directly related to George Soros and his DAs. Right. You got one of them there. You had the worst attorney general ever. And He's, how did he win? And Keith Ellison. I mean, that guy is a freaking human garbage pail. Right. Yeah. And it's crazy too. It's all the vote from Minneapolis and in Minnesota, it's very much like a microcosm of the nation where, where I'm at is a nice conservative people go to church, people wear, have their American flags and you go 20 minutes South and it's like another country. It's like, they don't even understand. And, and that's why if it was more geographically separated, we would totally have a, a divorce in this country. It's just the problem is, and like in Pennsylvania, it's the same thing. Like Philadelphia is different than rural Pennsylvania. And and that's, but unfortunately the population is so dense in, in those big population centers that it, Plus it they're overpowers crooked. the- Plus the they're crooked. They're, they're not, they're not, that's not a true vote. They're, my county is the worst county in the state. Right. You know, these people have been stealing elections forever. You know, yep. they tried to tell me that, that Hillary Clinton in my county, Hillary Clinton beat Donald Trump by 100,000 votes. That didn't happen. No, oh, There's no way that happened. Right. I mean, just by the signs, you could tell it didn't happen. Uh, right. So, yeah, Pence got... <laughs> oh, my God. It's on the Gateway Pundit now. <laughs> oh, yeah. My guys were just texting me uh, for my website. And they're like, oh, my gosh. Can you believe this? We're getting an article up. And Christy Nome, her phone got, her cell phone got hacked. And really? she's, she's blaming the January 6th committee and, and an attorney general's investigation. And I'm going to tell you something. This is how we start taking it back. And I'm no fan of Christy Nome, trust me. Right. But this is how we start taking it back by governors. Yep. That is exactly, that's the ticket. This, this country was designed, this government was designed a certain way for a reason. And Christy Nome is... Uh, somebody that lied about the pandemic. She yep. locked her state down and told everybody she fibbed that she didn't do it. She did it just like the she fans did it. did it. Everybody did it. Mm-hmm. You know, now she might've been the best, 
and came out of it the quickest. But don't sit there and lie, and I can go to your website, your Secretary of State, shows the verbiage of you locking them down. Right. Shows you changing the verbiage from should to will. Yep. You know, you did that, Christy. You know, so let's not go there. But anyway, I'd like to see them fight it. I would. I would love to see governors. Speaking of governors, there's an interesting situation in New Hampshire. Oh. New Hampshire has a governor named John Sununu, who's the son of a former, I think he was a chief of staff, Mm -hmm. uh, but for Reagan or for Bush, for one of them. But he's a never Trumper. And he's a rhino in a lot of ways. He's, he's, he's good in some ways. Uh, a woman that I know that lived up there said he's really good on Second Amendment mm-hmm. and things like that. But the guy's a lunchbox on everything else. And President Trump is the keynote speaker for the Republican Party of New Hampshire on the 28th of January. Really? That's, that's outstanding. I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. You know, I saw that right before the show started. But... uh well, and that's what's interesting, too, is the the vision of the country when it was started is that each state could kind of have its own thing going on. It could have its own practices and norms within an overall framework of freedom. And, you know, even if you take something polarizing like abortion, every state should be able to have their own abortion laws. And, you know, you could even go down to the county or city level or whatnot. But for sure, sure at the state level, it doesn't need to be federally mandated. And if the people of Minnesota, like we're proposing some bizarre, crazy abortion rules right now, and I don't agree with them. But you know what? If I don't, I can go somewhere else that more matches my values. And we saw that with the big migration of people to Florida and Texas, people leaving California. I mean, that's kind of how the how the country was started is that there, there shouldn't be this whole top down. Everything is all the same. You're seeing with school choice now. Um, I, I saw an interesting stat. Uh, we don't, we haven't talked a lot about school choice since I've been on the show, but basically it means instead of the money going based on the zip code to your local school, it goes with the student. So that if the student goes to a better school, their money goes with them, their share of the, the if money. There goes. Was ever, if there was ever a money laundering operation, it's the department of education in this country. It is. But here was an encouraging fact. The biggest population taking advantage of the uh, the money go with is the African-American communities. And we've talked about how what they're doing in these communities is just tragic. And I think a lot of it starts with the education system. It was also the biggest growth of homeschooling, which I found fascinating. And it was like the, the folks are just getting sick of, I, I mean, in, in some of these communities, they're just getting sick of the Democrat plantation. I mean, that's what we did. We put them back we put them in chains of financial and letting them think they can ever do more. Um, and, and the Democrat party promulgated it and they just keep pushing it forward. No, I, I agree with you. And, and I think some of the, the biggest demons in that whole scenario are the black Congress people, right? Actually all government, not just the federal level, uh, the, 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 the hurt that they're putting on their own people is, is beyond reproach. I, it, it's, I can't believe they would do it. And right. I can't believe that people wouldn't see it, you know, but they won't, they won't, they won't see it, man. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a dilemma that I don't know the answer to. And it's that you guys are gonna have to figure it out on your own. Well, and know. it's remarkable. Like we have that in Minneapolis where they just continue pushing, you know, they, they keep voting for the same stupid yeah. policies and All then the they country. wonder why everything's going to hell. 
Meanwhile, you can drive a half hour north. You can see what a functioning community looks like. You can see what normal looks like. And at some point, don't you go like, I want that instead of this? Like, this isn't working. I mean, it's kind of like with the with the Rona McDaniel, you know, and we were talking about that yesterday and a little bit earlier in the show. But I just want somebody different. I've seen what she can do. I didn't like it. Let's give she she got a good run. Let's give somebody else a chance and see. I'll, I'll tell you a, a good barometer to think of it. Lindsey Graham supports her. <laughs> so just saying. I mean, I read that this morning. So uh, there you go. You get what you get if you if you choose her. The problem is normal people aren't choosing. The right. People that are choosing are in the country club. They have membership cards. Yep. You know there that? are 168 RNC members with three from each state that go have a vote on Friday. And they're the ones that pick who the head of the RNC will be. What, which way do you think it's going to go? Who do you think is going to win? Either Harmeet or, or Daniels. I mean, you think so? Yeah, I mean, and, and I don't know. We're going to have to action speak louder than words. You know, I. The thing is, the thing that that makes me nervous is you don't hear. First of all, the Republican National Committee is overrated. I mean, right. I, I don't know. Uh, after looking at their mission statement, you know, they don't really, they get way too much money, man. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, those kind of people, I've been around them. You know, I tried to assimilate with them. I don't like them. You know, they're all about themselves, a lot of them. It's, it's pretty weird, but right. we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it, it would help to have somebody that, it seems like everybody that we get in there is not on our side. Right. Michael Steele, what a boob. Oh, my God. I mean, my goodness, man. That guy was horrible. Now he's a, a mainstay on MSNBC. Right. You know, it's like unbelievable, these people. And the the CIA directors that they put up as candidates, that's all they put up, it seems like. Right. There's people that are already deep-stated. Actually, it's funny you say that because that's been one little project I've been working on on the backside since the whole Twitter file started is it's remarkable to see – and you can just do all the research on LinkedIn and to see where people have migrated from the intelligence community into these high paying jobs in the private sector. It, it There are thousands of senior executives in all the big tech platforms that are former intelligence. And then a lot of them go from there into politics, not like as a candidate, but as the fundraiser. Consultant. Yeah, Consultant. they're salted in the. In and it always comes back to the money. They're always the money guy. It's it's really quite. Remarkable. You want to see something else? Take any big military corporation contractor. Oh right. Take Raytheon, BMY, BAE Systems. Right. Uh, any of them, Grumman, and look at the board of directors. They're all, all retired military. Yeah, retired military, FBI. Well, and it, it, it's interesting because that's really what's happened to, to congressmen and women as well. You used to say, hey, I'm going to take three years out of my life or four years or six years out of my life. I'm going to go to Washington, serve, serve, and then come home and resume my normal life. And now it's I'm going to go there for however long I hang out, and then I'm going to leave, and I'm going to become a multimillionaire. Like Barack Obama's worth how many millions of dollars after leaving the presidency? And he went into that with no money. And I mean, that should be against the law. Like, And you can't tell me that the people giving him money aren't inadvertently trying to exert pressure on the current and future administrations. It's, it's beyond ridiculous. It is. I mean, we had a word for it because I, I watched it happen. I was at pretty high levels in the United States Army Reserve, and I watched these people do it. We even had an acronym for it. We called it the RICRA, 
the Retired Colonel Reemployment Act. Mm. That's what these guys do. They'd stay in until they made full bird, and then they go become executive vice president at this company that's rebuilding my trucks. Right. You know, and, and but before they leave, they gave me an order to have 25% of the whole fleet down in Dallas by next month. Right. So I got to send all these trucks down there. They retire and they go make money on the contract to send all those trucks down there. And then it just becomes a pipeline because it's the same thing. You know, the, the generals or, you know, people moving their way up say, oh, that's my retirement plan. Yeah. So I got to take care of those guys. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your deep state. Right. Yeah, always in every agency, money. every single agency, every the Department of Education, those people retire out of there and go to Harvard. Right. I mean, it's how it works. The Department of Energy, Exxon. Oh, you know, Pfizer, the whole nine yards. I mean, Pfizer just goes to Kentucky and builds a building for Mitch McConnell. But right. Uh, other than that. <laughs> oh, my God. And you mentioned Lindsey Graham. Can we just say, why is Donald Trump having him talk at his rally? Like, come on, man. Steve Bannon and them said that on, on the war room. They're, they're like, you know, President Trump, get this guy away from you. I right. would say the same thing. Get him away from you. I don't care. Don't worry about loyalty with that guy. He's not loyal. He'll stick a knife in your back. I don't care what he said to your face. Yeah, he stunk his, stabbed him in the back like 25 times. You know, and it's one thing if you sit out a fight Trump jumps into that you don't believe in, but he's out and out like gone against good things President Trump's doing. It's it's beyond ridiculous. And he's trying to start a war overseas. Oh my, yeah, I mean, he's he is the one in every, charge of the tanks. He's begging everybody. I mean, they're, they're, Joe Biden's considering sending Abrams tanks against a nuclear Russia. Right. The, I mean, the, the, the head United States Army weapon. I mean, you're not going to be able to dress that thing up and make it look like a leopard. Right. That's an M1 Abrams. Right. That's America coming. Yeah. And they're doing it in your name against the biggest superpower besides China, and they're not even declaring it. They're right. too cowardly to declare it. Right. I think, I think, and I used to look down on anti-war protesters, but I'm telling you what, I might end up being a protester if this happens, because this is, we're, we're sleepwalking into this. We're talking about bullshit documents while these guys are starting to muster. Right. They're starting to, we already have troops in Poland. Poland is telling Germany, Poland supplies Germany. Germany supplies Poland's tanks, I think. Yeah, because Because Poland is saying, I don't care what Germany says. We're sending tanks to Ukraine. Right. Poland has a vested interest in this. Poland had a vested interest in that pipeline blowing up. Yep. I mean, you, you really got to, we got to focus on what's going on here. And it's not documents. No. Well, and that's what's interesting. You know, I learned something young in life. And that's that you never start a fight that you're not willing to have and you're not willing to finish. And I remember as a young scrappy lad, if somebody's getting up in my face, it's like, if it's go time, it's go time. Like, but then at that point, your job is to end the fight as quickly and violently as possible. And that's my approach on war. If we're going to start tiptoeing around with all this stuff, you need to say, do I want to be in this fight? And if I'm going to be in the fight, we need to end it as quickly and violently as possible. Well, and so I think there's another step before that. And that's, can we win this fight? Can we win the fight, you know, right? The United States Army is facing the worst recruiting environment since 1973. Right. 1973 was the end of the draft. 1973 was the height of the biggest ending date of, of the Vietnam War. It lasted two more years. 
with skirmishes under Gerald Ford. But in real war, the main troop body came home in 1973. And think of how much smaller our population was and how everybody hated the military. Like troops and were And it hitting. was a mess. It yeah, was, it was a, a mess. mess. And so now the population is significantly larger. We can't get people to fight to serve the country. But it's really no surprise. They teach kids early on to hate America. And we were, I mean, it was like, like you want, you serve your country in the military as a duty. You know, it's like the same reason I might shovel my neighbor's driveway because it's a sense of duty. He doesn't pay me. He's at work. He doesn't have a snowball. You know, it's you do things in this country for duty and, and military service is the highest duty and, and the greatest sacrifice anybody can give. So it's they're great. panicking. They're panicking. In an email sent to service members yesterday, the Army's recruiting office made it clear that the military is in atrocious shape facing the most challenging recruiting environment since the establishment of our all-volunteer force in 1973. So what are they going to do? They're not going to stop talking about woke stuff. They're right. not going to stop telling male soldiers that they can be female. Uh, they're going to offer an Army recruiting ribbon uh, and promotion points to service members that recruit people. Oh, my uh, God. You know, th this, is, this is an embarrassment. But we've been here before. Right. And now if you take out... Uh, all the equipment the way they're doing we were there before too when i first right. came in the army man we were we were prehistoric well i remember when trump took office in 2016 and he said uh i i, I was at a military base and they were talking about like running drills and whatnot and they're like well we don't have any ammunition to to, to practice and he's I, I like went through that too yeah he's like well, what do you mean we're out of bullets we have the most expensive military in the history of mankind how do he's we not right. have bullets when I was in Korea, I carried a 45, a 1911 45, and we didn't have enough 45 caliber ammunition. So I, we took the, we had to take our upper receivers off the slide, off the pistol, and put a 22 caliber slide on it, and that's wow. how we qualified with 22s. That, that's insane. You know, I mean, it is, and that's an active duty unit. I came back to the states and was in a reserve armor battalion. And we had all the ammunition we needed. It was all from all the 45 ammo was from Israel. Really? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Well, and it's funny how much military equipment we buy abroad, which is ridiculous. Because if you think back, like what pulled us out of depressions and whatnot historically was that we fired up our own manufacturing plants to make bullets and weapons and tanks and planes. And now it's funny because we don't even make our own stuff here. You know, a ton we don't of have Detroit anymore. Right. Detroit's where it all happened. Yeah. The, the arsenal of democracy. Look it up. Oh, well, I lived in Detroit. Oh, it's been probably 20 years ago now. And it was tragic because it was right after the auto industry was collapsing. And I mean, it was you could see that it was the pinnacle of America. It was blue class, working hard people, making stuff for automotive, military. I mean, all sorts of industries. And it was just gutted. The biggest black, the biggest black middle class on planet Earth lived in Detroit before the riots that George Romney uh, oversaw. Right. You know, I mean, that, that place, and now, I mean, uh, this is about 10 years ago, I started looking into this, but at that time there was 90,000, 90,000 abandoned buildings. Oh yeah. And you, you can see them online. I mean, it's tragic. And, and I went the, back to, I went back to visit friends and you would drive through Detroit, Detroit there were blocks that looked like it was the scene out of the walking dead yeah i mean Just skyscrapers in, right the theaters schools 
police yeah. stations. I mean, unbelievable that the population drop. Uh, I, and, 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 you know, the go ahead. I was going to say, I remember when I first watched The Walking Dead and Rick Grimes was riding a horse into Atlanta. And, and I remember thinking like, oh, this looks like Detroit used to look because it was literally the same thing. It was like hey, the zombie apocalypse. I went to school on the M1 Abrams tank, as a matter of fact, in Warren, Michigan, which is right outside of Detroit. Oh, yeah. And the United States Army told us, do not go further than 13 mile road that way. Oh, my gosh. They literally told us that. They said, don't go there tonight. Right. Stay up in this area. Do not go past 13th, 13 mile. So, and I, and I'll oh, go you, ahead. I was, I was in another town. I was in St. Louis, about the same shape. And St. Louis, I'm there with my buddy, and we're at this uh, church's chicken. Oh, love right? churches. I do, too. And, and we go in there, we got our, our order, and we're sitting at a table. And a station wagon pulls up to the drive through and orders all this chicken. And so they get it. This has nothing to do with politics. This is just right. myself. We love stories. And, and, and the station wagon pulls around and parks right outside of the window where the booth that we were eating our chicken in. And they sat in the station wagon, ate the chicken, and threw the bones outside the, outside the window. <laughs> I'm thinking, can you imagine the rats that are going to be here about 3 in the morning? Right. I couldn't believe that. It was like it was a comic book. I couldn't believe it. So, so my favorite Detroit story is, for those who haven't been to Detroit, so you've got Detroit City, and it's right on the river. And then you go north. All the roads that go east and west are mile roads. One mile, two mile, three mile. It is a mile. giant city. Yeah, it's a huge city. And the road miles go up to like 30 mile. And they're just, it's its actually really well engineered. It's like a, like a grid. So you can have 13 mile and grass it, you know, right how to get there. And I remember uh, 8 Mile, which was an old Eminem album and, and thing was, was a thing back then. And... Uh, between eight mile and 13 mile was the neutral zone where like anything between eight and 13 mile, like those four or five miles, like you might be in danger and anything south of eight mile, you were done. It's a war zone. It's another country. I didn't really know that. So my buddies and I, we were going, we went out, we had a few beers and we decided to go to the casino over in Windsor, Canada, which you actually drive through Detroit to get to the bridge to go to Windsor. And I remember like, I gotta use the bathroom. So they stopped at six mile and grash it at a gas station for me to uh, to go in and use the gas station. They just thought it was funny as heck. We're, we're out of work, so we had our suits on and whatnot. And it was, it was late. We probably shouldn't have been going to the casino at 12 in the morning. And I remember walking in and going like, hey, do you guys got a bathroom? And this, this guy, this dude, black guy behind the counter looked like, like terrified. He's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, I just wanna use the bathroom, man. And he says, dude, do you have any idea where you're at? It's midnight and you're at like six mile and grash it. And, and I look around and he goes, the Fungians are behind bulletproof glass. And I looked at like all the chips and stuff were behind him. Like it was like a bank teller. That's and he's funny. like, you're in a different country. You need to go. You are not safe. And I'm like, oh, okay. Welcome to America. So, oh, I love that. Oh my God. It's fun to see to the chat. Everybody's talking about Compton and different places they've been. <laughs> it's crazy. All right. So, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Wayne will be back tomorrow, uh, hopefully, <laughs> the good Lord willing. Yeah. Uh, Jason, any final comments? Uh, yeah, just two things. Uh, well, first, thanks, everybody. Uh, like, comment, share. It's how we beat big tech. We appreciate you taking time to tune into Hutch and I. I kind of like when I talk to Hutch, and I got to say, it's funny because I took like three notes where I'm like, oh, I got to look that up. I got to look that up. And I hope you guys enjoy that, too, about the show. We try to give you things to think about. But uh 
But my two thoughts of the day, one, if you've not done so, hireharmeat.com. Even if you're not going to support Harmeet, reach out to your RNC member. Do it today. It just takes two minutes. And tell them who you want to support. Like if, just, for, if for no other reason, so they know that you know who they are. Right. Yeah, you start contacting these guys, and we have several thousand people that watch the show. All these folks are getting phone calls, emails. That That's going to wake them up. Uh, and then the last thought for me was kind of where we started the show talking about the evan- evangelicals. Um, recently, my wife and I started going back to church and we were really churchy. We were really good about it. And then in COVID, we got used to, you know, doing online or, or that kind of thing. And we, we recently rediscovered like, you know, Sunday morning, we're going to get up and we're going to go to church every day. We're not going to sit around. We're not just going to pull it up on the computer. And it's remarkable at how fulfilling that feels. So for anybody out there who hasn't worked that, like actually going, going to church and having the community and fellowship, uh, like I think we're in biblical times right now. I think that it's really good versus evil and reconnecting with your church and your faith, I, I think is uh, it, it's really important for everybody to do. So I would encourage you to do that. I got to find another denomination because I'm like Tucker Carlson. I was an Episcopal and I feel highly... Uh, betrayed by these people i mean and it started it started a long time ago it started during it actually started before this but i started really noticing it um during uh the up the 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 road to passing of obamacare Mm -hmm. when i'm I'm watching nightline on television and here comes the head of the episcopal churches uh what's the organization that teaches them uh I can't oh, remember. the seminary or the seminary head yep. of the seminary of the Episcopal Church pimping Obamacare on television. That's when crazy. I saw that I was like, and then they started going into the homosexuality and started bringing imams into the church and just totally destroyed everything for me. I got to find a, and they didn't destroy my religion, but they destroyed my faith in that group of people. You know, it's funny if I just to tell another quick story. So there was this local church we went to. And it was great. My son did Sunday school there and whatnot. And it was really cool, too, because there was a bunch of African immigrants that were Christians that went to it. So, like, every now and then they do, like, they sing African songs and stuff. And it was really cool. I mean, these people, like, you get to learn a lot of different cultures. I thought it was really fulfilling for my son. And they went woke. They started talking gay pride. They started talking all that. and, and, And that just didn't like. And my wife and I found Eagle Brook Church, which is a local church in Minnesota, I, I would encourage if you're looking for something to dip your toe in the water, like go to their website and you can watch their sermons. It's non-denominational. They stay out of the politics stuff. They they speak the word of God. And it's very real world. Like right now, the series they're talking about is how do you make a life you don't want to escape? Because too many people try to escape their life through drugs and alcohol or working too much or whatever they're doing. And their message the last few weeks has been, how do you make your life fulfilling and not want to escape it into other things. And and I found that very relevant for the times we find ourselves in. See, I think the church needs to be in politics. It always historically was. Right. I mean, and it's something that they've been cowed into staying away from, but you notice that they never stay away from the left side of it, only the right side. Well, that's what's nice with this church is they just don't get involved. That You know, if, if you're gay, we love you, and you're a sinner, and let's just move on. 
and it's no different. They treat some of that stuff no different than a sin of somebody having an affair or doing any other sorts of sinful behavior. So, well, there you go. Anyway, uh, thanks for uh, watching, ladies and gentlemen. You can catch us tomorrow at noon and Thursday at noon. Uh, hopefully, Wayne will be back. And thanks for watching. We'll see you next thanks time. You've been listening to the award-winning Wayne Dupree podcast. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We broadcast every Monday through Thursday from noon till one. You can download the podcast on most podcast platforms. And be sure to visit WayneDupree.com to stay up on breaking news, politics, and opinions you can trust. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.